It was Jesus saying, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Words of Christ quoted by Sergei Rakuba, president of Mission Eurasia, related to the Ukraine invasion. The organization led by Sergei serving up food to those displaced by this war, and lately they've been able to add Bibles to every box of food distributed. The preponderance of Ukrainians are Orthodox. They subscribe to Christianity, but most don't even own a Bible, much less read God's Word. This week, tragedy struck, even as Russian troops fled the Kiev suburb where Mission Eurasia headquarters in the country. Bombing as they left, the ministry's Ukraine compound was struck and destroyed. Thankfully, none of their people were hurt, but people's steps outside were killed. Sergei's heart was broken, but his prayer? The light of Christ will shine where the gospel has not been heard before in Ukraine and Russia. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and I'm sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus here on this last day of March, and we're continuing in a series called Great Expectations in Revelation. Have you ever heard someone yell, look, up in the sky? Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! If you're on a baseball field and somebody yells that, you know you just might get hit in the head by a high-flying ball. But if you're a kid, you might be thinking something else, Superman. Well, the book of Revelation is calling all of us to look up again and again for the return of Jesus Christ. And in a moment, we're going to look up to this great book, again, that actually comes with a promise of blessing for all who read it and hear it. The Lord put it on my heart to memorize the book of Revelation. And so I thought, maybe I could be a voice that could uh, tell the story of the book of Revelation. There's a guarantee of blessing here just for reading the book, for hearing it, and for obeying what you do understand. That's Karen Heinbuck. She's at Church in the Way here in Hollywood. And all week we've been hearing from this outstanding production of the Revelation. And in just a moment, we'll hear her dramatic retelling of Revelation chapters 4 and 5, so very powerful. And in case you didn't hear, Karen recites the entire book of Revelation from memory. And it's set to a music score performed by the world-renowned London Symphony Orchestra. The Revelation, a compelling and unforgettable worship experience brought to life on two powerful CDs. And as you listen to God's Word spoken aloud, I know you'll be blessed. The Bible says you will be. After these minutes together, I'd like to send you this two-CD set of the Revelation for your gift with our thanks from Haven Today. It's an expensive production, but so worthwhile. So your generosity to this listener-supported ministry will be most appreciated. Why don't you call us after the program at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and check out the short video on our website on how the revelation was made. And then send your gift And you can do that when you visit us at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And remember, we're still sending 100% of your gifts to Mission Eurasia, who's helping refugees in and around Ukraine right now. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. 
And every pack has a Ukrainian New Testament in it to help share Jesus with those in need. So pray boldly. Please give boldly. Not a dime for Haven. Ask about it when you call or learn more online at haventoday.org. And now we open the program with Lion and the Lamb. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin. The lion, the lion of 
the album by Leland on this Haven Today, Lion and the Lamb, here on a Thursday. I'm Charles Morris. We're calling the program Great Expectations in Revelation. And in just a moment, we're going to hear another excerpt from Karen Heimbuck's The Revelation. And when you hear it, you'll be reminded that this book tells us over and over again not just to listen, but to look. It's a book full of images, some of them terrifying, but all of them under the control of what we hear and see in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5. The book of Revelation tells us again and again not just to listen, but to look. It's a book full of images, some of them terrifying, but all of them are under the control of what we hear and see in Revelation 4 and 5. The door of heaven opens. An angel shouts out to come, let me show you. And then what do we see? We see ultimate reality. We see the victory of God over the chaos of this world. We see the promise of the future unfolding according to the plan of God. We see a throne and someone sitting on it. God clearly wants this image to be emblazoned on the hearts of his people. He not only wants us to understand what's true, he wants us to see it. Think of the images we saw on 9-11. It's not hard to call up a mental picture of the Twin Towers collapsing, the Pentagon with a gaping hole blown out of it, smoke rising above the skyline of New York City. Visual images stay with us. Ask any New Yorker, like I did a few weeks ago, and they'll immediately remember where they were, what they were doing, and it seems like it was just yesterday. Since 9-11, we've seen more than our share of terrible pictures. Tsunamis washing over cities, blindfolded Christians on their knees, ready to be assassinated by ISIS, little refugee babies washed up on shore. These things are reality. Yet God wants us to see a picture of an overriding reality. He opens the door of heaven there in Revelation 4 and 5, and he shows us what's really going on. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes, in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. 
for the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Now I want to pause for a moment here. Chapter 4, read by Karen Heimbach, music by the London Symphony Orchestra. What an overwhelming vision. And it might even leave you with unanswered questions, but it also gives you answers. Answers to three vital questions. Who owns the earth? This vision just blows us away with the answer. The holy God who created the heavens and the earth, everything belongs to him. Second, who rules the world? And again, the answer is knee-bending. The holy God who made the heavens and the earth is seated on his throne. He is in control of everything. And a third question, what should we do in response to this God? And the answer swells like an anthem. We worship. He is the three times holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. The all-powerful, infinite, eternal creator and everything is meant to pour forth praise to him. Three questions answered, but there's also a fourth. Revelation 4 doesn't answer one all-important question. What is God going to do about this world? Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How is God going to answer this prayer? In chapter 5 of Revelation, that question rises up like a great lament. There's a scroll that represents God's plan for his world, but there is a problem. Look and see the answer as Karen Heimbach shares Revelation 5. And I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and to open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the 
preachers and the elders in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every preacher in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them sing to him who sits on the throne and to the This is Haven Today. Revelation 5, recited by Karen Heimbach. In a moment, I'll share with you how you can get a copy of this amazing project. But I'm curious, what did we just see as we were listening? We saw the scroll, and we heard the question of the ages rising up. Who is worthy to open the scroll? And then we heard the answer from heaven. Don't weep. See? The Lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. If you've read much of your Bible, you know that this dilemma started in the first book of the Bible with the fall of Adam in Genesis. And finally, here we are in the final book of the Bible, Revelation, and we hear that the problem has finally been solved. At last, the story is going to enroll toward the triumph of God. At last, someone has come who is even worthy to open this scroll. Who is this? It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, in one sense, this comes as no surprise. In Genesis 49.10, when Jacob blessed the 12 tribes of Israel, he said that out of the tribe of Judah, someone would come and the scepter would belong to him. The obedience of the nations would be his. He's depicted as a lion, an image of royalty and strength. But there is a surprise. The lion doesn't triumph with his strength. He triumphs with his weakness. And we saw that and heard that at the end of Revelation 5. We just saw what's at the very center of everything. When John wiped his tears away and looked, he saw the throne again. And on the throne, he didn't see a lion. He saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Again, if you know your Bible, you know the need for a lamb. The Old Testament continually taught that God's people needed that sacrificial lamb to atone for their sins. And yet, here's the lamb on the throne, the lion who became the lamb, a sacrificial lamb. And both images come together and point to Jesus. He was born of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of David. But what a great surprise. The long-expected king does not come in power. He came in weakness, the weakness of a lamb, who went without protest to the altar and laid down his life as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin. His blood purchased men and women for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. But I got to tell you, Jesus has triumphed. You can take that to the bank. The seals are breaking. The scroll is unrolling. That's what this image is telling us. The king is seated on the throne, and God's kingdom will come. His will will be done. Nothing that happens in this world is outside his control. Everything is serving his purposes. Every year, every day, every hour, every minute that passes, every event of history, everything is moving towards the day of his return. So what should we do? 
in response to this triumph of the Lamb? Well, first, we need to keep looking. The images we see in the world are always pressing in on our hearts, defining our reality. We need to keep looking at our crucified Christ on the throne of his world. And second, we need to keep worshiping. Worship opens our eyes so we can see again. It engages our hearts to sing the song of creation. Worship the Lamb who is worthy to be praised. Make Him the center of your life. Orient yourself to Him. Do it every day. Serve Him as your Lord because we hear in Revelation, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. song for the program today here on haven today i'm charles morris great expectations in revelation and if you've been listening to our programs you've heard there's only one book in the bible that comes with a promise of blessing despite the images that can escape us when we first read it revelation 1 3 i know i read it when we started out but i'm going to read it again blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because, don't forget the word because, the time is near. 
As we listen to this inspired revelation in God's Word, written to show us Jesus and God's victory over evil through Christ, we are blessed. And would you like to be blessed? Would you like to be encouraged that the return of your Savior is soon? Then I want to send you, right away, the two-CD project, The Revelation, by Karen Heimbach. Of course, it's well-produced. You've heard that. It's expensively produced as well. The London Symphony Orchestra recorded at the Abbey Road Studios. That's where the Beatles recorded, by the way. And I'm just asking you to pray about helping to be as generous as you can so that we can send you right away the Revelation CDs by Karen Heimbach. I want you to be blessed, and the Bible says you will be. Call us right now, won't you? Our toll-free number is 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or visit us online and listen to excerpts from this special project. And our website you can go to is haventoday.org. One word, haventoday.org. And if you do go to the website, be sure and look at the short feature on the making of the Revelation Project. And one last thing, we're sending 100% of your gifts to Eastern Europe to feed those in need. Our partner, Mission Eurasia, is on the ground handing out bread, sharing the bread of life, Jesus. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. How much can you send to help in the name of Christ? Ask about that when you call or read more when you visit us at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday we get to share again the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In the Christian life, there's a constant movement out of the old into the new. Paul calling us to put the old man to death, put on the new man in Christ every day. Israel left Egypt behind and entered the promised land. But Paul saw something more. In 2 Corinthians 5.16, he told us anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Just like the seasons change, the Lord creates new out of the old, new life, new world. Jesus turns winter into spring, and he'll do it by going through winter himself. Christ is actively creating new hearts. He's turning our hearts into fertile ground. By his grace, our hearts bear fruit. Read more. Go meet up with us at getanchor.com.